Nothing. Not even dreams. Howdy folks, welcome to another episode of Screen Dreams. I'm your host, Cyrus Haley, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Daniel Ferguson. How are you doing, Dan? Hello. Yes, very well, thank you. Happy New Year. Oh yeah, Happy New Year. That's very kind. Happy New Year to our listeners. Yeah, why not? Um, <laughs> so the film we're talking about this episode is the 2009 Hack Snyder film, Watchmen. Here is a clip. <laughs> I'm not even going to re- I'm just, I'm just he's called Hack Snyder. I don't give a shit. <laughs> What's one more body amongst foundations? What are you waiting for? And we're back. So, Dan, um, I picked Watchmen. Obviously, um, might as well get it out of the way right off the bat. We neither of us are big fans of Hack Snyder's Watchmen. No, um, no. I mean, are, are there are there any? Is there anyone who actually likes this film? I don't know. There, there are people who like this film. Okay. Um, and I will at certain points um, to make things more interesting. Sort of give you their argument. Because um, right. there is there is a, a reading of the Watchmen film that is quite favorable right. to Schneidy, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. like and people I think people are giving Schneidy a lot a lot of a lot more credit than mm. uh, he deserves. Yeah, um, obvi- so I will I we, will. We obviously want to talk about it so much because we're both uh, huge fans of the graphic novel. Huge. Yeah. So that's. Uh, yeah, that's did the you, real. That's... Did you read the graphic novel before before you saw the film for the first time? Had you read it, or or did you see the film first? Because I remember I saw the film. I'm pretty sure I saw it in the cinema when it came out in London. It was quite like a, I don't know. It it instantly with the with the adverts and like the smiley face and all that shit. I instantly I was like, I want to see this. This look actually looks quite good. Now I was quite. I mean, 2009. I was quite young, but still, I I wanted to see it. I went and saw it, and I liked it. I obviously hadn't read Watchmen at that point. Do you remember what your situation was, or I was no, I hadn't read the graphic novel. I hadn't. Oh yeah. No. no, hang on, no, no, hang on, no, no, no. Sorry, I'm getting this wrong. I did. I had read the graphic novel. Oh, you had. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry, I had, and I and I was. Yeah, I think I was a bit. Put, I mean, it was so long ago as well. I'm struggling to remember, but I think I was perplexed by, yeah, why they did why they did omit the ending. Um, Do you? Because I'm not actually sure. I'm sure Snidey has explained why he changed the ending. Um, but uh, you know, the reason he may give in an interview uh, may may or may not actually necessarily be the truth. But wh- wh- why? Why? Because I mean, I know in the Watchmen TV show that HBO just released, which you know, everybody's singing that show's praises. I really, I was not a fan. Um, it was just it, it was just so callable uh, every single plot point i was mm. like well that's gonna be that's that's what's happening next and then it happens and it was just like, kind of annoying and boring 
Um, yeah, I was. Spo- I hadn't got around to watching mm. it, but I, is it is Jeremy Irons? Irons, Irons plays uh, Mandius, and he's he's actually pretty. He's pretty well cast, I have to say. He does. He does. He gives an off a very Ozymandias vibe. Yeah, I can imagine that work like working really nicely, but in a very pre- in a very predictable exactly. way. Exactly. I don't think the show is is really breaking new. It's just whatever. But anyway, the point of I can't I'm comment. Not, let's I try honestly and... can't comment though because yeah, uh... yeah. Let's let's stick with the movie. So what were you saying? I had I had I had read the graphic novel. Okay. And I watched and I and when I watched the film, I thought. That was a decent mm. effort at Watchmen at the time, um, because I I think some of the themes and the ingenuity of of the of the book was lost on me at the first yeah. read. Um, so when I when I did see the film, I thought it was a decent effort of a remake, and I was amazed by how much detail same here had gone into some of it to get it so accurate to the book. And then a bit perplexed as why they why the end you know after all of that effort to then change the ending. The thing about so much the Watchmen, the Watchmen the... film, the 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 huge irony for me is that it's actually uh it's a pretty it's a pretty good film if you don't understand the themes of the Watchmen book. If you're not if 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 you don't like the Watchmen book and you don't you don't or or if, or if you just don't know it, you've never read it. It's decent. It's, it's all right, you know. It's decent. I mean that 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 Bob Dylan credit sequence. I mean they picked the bo- the wrong Bob Dylan song. I mean uh, the, the credit sequence of of the Watchmen film opens with "Times Are Changing," which uh, yeah, oh, I think I'm pretty sure uh, "Desolation Row" is the the one that more that he was reading the lyrics to "Des" or listening to "Desolation Row." Alan Moore, sometime in the eighties, yeah, or some I- shit, and then was like. I don't think Desola- Desolation Mode doesn't appear in the book. It's um, all along the Watchtower. The oh, is that? that oh, it's Watch. Is it a book? But Desolation Desolation Row is something that probably Alan. I think Alan Moore was listening to, which gave, kind of gave him, helped him get the idea for the for yeah. the book. So, but but yeah. But, uh, so basically, that's the, for me the biggest sort of irony is that it seems that uh, Schneider loves Watchmen, um, but kind of does didn't really i mean it seems mean to say he didn't get it but it really i mean it kind of feels that way to me watching it now it's so strange because mm. it is a fucking great film production value wise there's no two ways about it. i mean it looks pretty damn good i mean it does it doesn't feel quite right so so and and it's easy to get the production value confused with the tone the tone is all off because it's it's everything's glorified, everything's badass. Rorschach is such a fucking badass, whereas it, he shouldn't be. He, yeah, he should, the, yeah. Everyone should be way more pathetic than they are. But the costumes are awesome. You know, the set pieces are done d- pretty well. You know, they do feel somewhat aged now. All of that kind of like going into super slow mo is like way overdone now. But still, they were they're done. Well. I mean, it's it's okay filmmaking. It's not like it's bad filmmaking, but it's like fundamentally broken yeah do you not think they were trying to fit into fit it into this uh uh phenomenon that was sort of happening with all these superhero films coming out and they were thought well just you know take because it is probably the probably still the best-selling graphic not superhero graphic novel it, it's, it was so yeah. acclaimed as the yeah. book uh it, it kind of transcended the the graphic novel world and made waves in just sort of 
the general liter- yeah, literature. It's one of world. Time Magazine's hundred best novels, not graphic, just novels of all time. Yeah, so it had all of that kind of uh, aura surrounding it. Um, so you know, when this superhero uh, trend came up and all these different adaptations were hitting the screen, I guess it was only a matter of time before somebody decided to take on Watchmen. Mm. Whereas the problem with that is that it is such, I mean, it's it's such a difficult book to, to uh, adapt a film, mm. in my opinion, for so many reasons. And I think, yeah, as you've already mentioned, tone is one of those. Um, all these little sort of sub subplots and all these little sub stories that the graphic novel mm. has, like uh, the kid who's reading the comic book, yeah, of the the, Tales the, of the pirate, Black Traitor, yeah, and he has to and he has to sort of make a raft out of like dead bodies, mm-hmm. um, and he which is Ozzy making like a mon a mon yeah. yeah, he's like a monster himself, isn't he? By the end, because yeah. he's he's he he's convinced that this pirate ship's going to his sort of hometown and he ends up doing all these terrible things to save the people. And it turns out that they, um, they didn't, you know, need mm. saving and he's done all these terrible things and become a monster in the process. That's that to me. Um, uh, in the That's such a, such an important yeah. part of the kind of the, the book for me, that whole sub you know this subplot on which obviously it's very difficult for the film to add that in. well there are three cuts of the film dan uh so there's a the theatrical cut there's the uh, uh director's cut and then there's the super extended cut now i've seen uh the extended cut and the theatrical cut i've never watched the director's cut but the director's cut just has less shit than the ex- super extended the, the extended cut has animated tales from the black freighter sequences so all of those scenes are in the extended oh. cut. It does not work. It it like it 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 just cut suddenly just cuts okay. to cartoon and and it shows you this cartoon like like an animated cartoon basically of the pirate and and it, it, like half an hour of the film of the extended edition are, are those scenes. The I think the main difference between the extended edition and Zack Schneider edition is uh well the extended edition and the director's cut is. He got rid of the Tales from the Black Freighter stuff, but all the other extended. So like Hollis Mason's death is in the director's cut, but not in the theatrical cut. Um, but but yeah, I, I mean, this book is is definitely hard to adapt. I dis I don't agree that. Well, a lot of people say it's unadaptable. I don't know. I mean, look look. I mean, Moore himself. Is like it's unadaptable. The whole point is that it's a comic book, and in fact, the point of Watchmen is not the point of Watchmen is the structure of the book. It, it's being able to tell a story in that that kind of unusual structure. That so if for him, he's a kind of you know a bit of a Marshall McLuhan type guy, where like you know the medium is the message. It, it's it's the point. The, the 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 you know what I mean? Yeah, I've uh, yeah yeah it is it uh it is a it's a graphic it's novel. It's such a, it's... a kind of a meta meta exactly. commentary on the on the graphic novel yeah, itself, exactly. um, and and very much sort of um, mocks mocks that kind of style of uh, storytelling. Mm. Um, I mean, not me- mocking is probably maybe too strong a word, but it certainly pokes fun at it. And oh, I think it's myth- completely mythos, mocking the, it. You know, the superhero mm. mythos and the. 
and adds all of this. Uh, it has this really strong intellectual mm. backbone to yeah. it, which obviously all comes from Alan Moore uh, because he he's obviously he's a very very high high mm. in intellect uh, um, and very gifted writer. So it has all of this kind of strong backbone to it that sort of the comic book form doesn't normally mm. have. Um, yeah. And that's, it all goes, it all goes some way to create this, uh, this tone. Mm. I think the thing is more has this disdain for the, it's like more was not too precious about, I mean, he doesn't uh, one for the, one of my favorite things that he's said in, in, uh, and, and I recommend anybody listening to listen to, Alan Moore's talks. I mean, there's several of them on YouTube of where he's just doing Q and A's, talking about his books, whatever. And anytime he talks about Watchmen, he kind of begrudgingly answers Watchmen questions because it's like he's like, listen, you know, I did this so many years ago. Uh, you know, it's like, yeah, Watchmen's fun, but like, I mean, it's to to Moore at this stage in his career, it's kind of pedestrian, like kind of adolescent trash. Mm. But the reason the reason that that Moore was able juvenile, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But but yeah, like he he like like he had a, a he was detached from the superhero genre. He could see it for what it was and was able to like Bob Dylan joining the folk scene. Just go, yeah, this is this is what you guys are trying to. This is this is it. This is the heart of what you guys are saying. This is or or even this is this is the subversion of what you guys are saying. And more in in his yeah. talks. So this is what I wanted to say that the. the 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 thing that Moore has said that I that just sticks with me the most is that he he goes and I'm gonna do my Moore impression I warn you he goes uh, I mean you can uh, <laughs> you can pretty much draw a, a straight line from uh, the the Ku Klux Klan in um, D W Griffith's Birth of a Nation uh, to these masked heroes to Superman Batman all these comic books so he's he's basically saying how it's like this masked vigilante mm. glorification of quite a fucked up like thing um like this superhero it's like he thinks that its roots are in birth of a nation the whole the the, the dw griffith film about the the ku klux klan set coming to save the day and it's kind of interesting when you watch that film back again you're like wow it, it like this is a superhero movie where the the clan are the superheroes and so the fact that moore is writing a superhero comic book from that perspective i think is what gives it its fucking grit it gives it its strength it's yeah. like he's like no no i'm not I, I don't like batman you know i'm not a little baby boy <laughs> fuck batman you know and it's like it's it's awesome that someone who's like writing a comic book can also say, yeah fuck batman and it's like yeah he wrote a batman i mean alan moore wrote the killing joke one of the most famous batman and he's like yeah probably a mistake to write that not gonna lie and that's what he says mm. about the killing joke which yeah. you know the killing joke has inspired so many people i mean and watchman has changed just decimated like bob dylan decimated the the form and like now everything has to be in the wake of watchmen you know everything is like oh it has to be like watchmen you know it's like oh watchmen is really the new that's the new thing the new bible um and the only reason yeah it's like yeah it's and crazy. Uh, and that and that uh, and that's isn't that just where like the the, the i mean that's that's going back to the film yeah. isn't that just where is is that a where the film fails in it greatly or 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 b is is that is this the reason why you can't ever really make a film about it because it's so it, it the brilliance of the story is so linked with the form itself i mean yeah. you're already missing out on 
when you when you when you adapt it to film you're already missing out on all the wonderful writing that's in the book which is just a joy to read like so it's so well yeah. written um and um it was a super it was a superhero film that was it was set you know it wasn't it was celebrating superheroes it wasn't coming it wasn't coming yeah. from the from that angle yeah. at all it wasn't it wasn't subverting the narrative it wasn't uh it wasn't it didn't feel to me satirical at any point and it feels and it feels like all the characters were uh uh brought you know presented in the film as as you know being likable you know underdogs who you know uh you know eventually sort of saved the day um whereas they, you know, they just the exact opposite of I mean, what I think, I think about. For me, the bit I remember the big, the biggest scene in the film, which was the, the 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 biggest difference for me, which kind of says it all, mm -hmm. really, was where the difference where um, Rorschach's when Rorschach death. is is refusing to to go along with all this cover up mm -hmm. at the end. Um, and he gets a doctor. He gets sort of basically like vaporized by Doctor Manhattan. Yeah. Um, in the comic book, um, the owl and the is uh, Black Canary is Silk called Silk Spectre. Sorry, um, they're sort of um, you know they've they've gone off and they're sort of like making love by like this swimming pool. Whereas in the film, like he's by he's by inside shouting like no. Yeah, but that's because that's because in the film and that... Rorschach is supposed to be the surrogate for the audience. He's supposed to be us, kinda of like are we're supposed to, it's like a detective, so he's like uncovering like piece by piece. Whereas in the book, he it's like really obvious how fucked up he is. And they make a real extra point of having that whole chapter with the psychoanalyst who goes home and he like talking to his wife about how like this guy at work is really fucking him up. He can't really sleep. And, and it's just, and, and, and the, the point of the, the psychoanalyst in, in, in the book is a, is a black guy. That's not a fucking accident. And so it's like, it, it, it's, it, it's very clear what, what, what in the book, you know, whereas the, in the film, we're supposed to be rooting for Rorschach. No, no question about that and i think a, a really great scene to to a really great like comparison like uh, similar to the the whole night owl like lamenting the death of rorschach as if uh, like what the fuck was that um another scene that that's like super different is is mason hollis mason's death where in the film he's beating up the he gets one last hurrah do you remember where like yeah, the, whatever the, the 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 gang the gang come in to like beat yeah, him up yeah the sort of the do yeah the delinquents yeah, basically yeah. like or who the who are there like as to be the like punks yeah. you know sort of t they come yeah, and they beat yeah, the yeah. shit out of him in his apartment and like he fights back a little bit and as he's fighting back it cuts to all his previous like the bad guys that he defeated now in the book it's like mm, yeah I remember in that. the book it's 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 very sad like and it's like it's pathetic, you know. Uh, in the film, like that, like this heroic score comes on. It's slow mo and like yeah, his in his head, he's this glorious guy, right? Where like and he's this honorable superhero. Uh, in his head and in the film, 
we're seeing that representation of how Hollis Mason saw himself like as this heroic guy. But in the in the book, it's a lot more obvious that that is how he sees himself and not how he actually is because he's being fucking beaten to death. And that that juxtaposition is it couldn't be made, be made more obvious in that scene. That's what makes that scene a good scene. Whereas Schneider has just completely mis- misunderstood that scene and gone, yeah, oh, it's like this heroic last hurrah. It's like, no, it's not, man. He's being beaten up in his apartment to death. It's not this heroic, mo- you, you know what I mean? So do you just put it down to like a bit, a, a misunderstanding of the source material? Because I think Snyder's been, he's gone on since to do like this, uh, su- did he do Superman? Yeah, trash. And he did, um, and he did like a Batman versus Superman and things like that. Absolute coma of a film. Um, where he's yeah, he doesn't seem to kind of uh find the essence of the characters, or he doesn't seem to be able to strike. You know, he doesn't even find that mm. true essence, or translate that f- from the source material into the films. Um. So yeah, maybe it could with with somebody else. Maybe it could have been a much better so, film. So I'm but, gonna uh, now do that thing I warned you I would do. Is I'm going to kind of play devil's advocate and play the other side of what people who are fans of this film say. It's that uh, he 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 is he has understood, and what he's doing is because how you can know you how you not meant- understand is be be my question because it's well, not like the, a, it's not a like a subtle a... but the watchmen is i mean it, it, it is full of subtleties and everything like that but i don't think the whole tone like the overwhelming tone is you can't i don't think it's difficult to misinterpret that you truly, know truly i think this is really the key to the to the discrepancy between the book and the film and why schneider made the film the way he did, and I, I, I think that this is this is the kind of key element. Um, Rorschach, the character, is based off of the question, right? Which is a character created by Steve Ditko uh, in the eighties, DC character. And if you if you Google the question, he's literally is he the guy who just has yeah, no he's face? Just, and he's just yeah, and he's dressed down. like you know Humphrey Bogart. He's dressed like Rorschach. I mean, it's like he's dressed like the the detectives. You know, um, so he's dressed exactly like Rorschach. And originally, Watchmen, he was going to use. And this is this is once you know this, it becomes so much more obvious what Alan Moore wanted to do. And he still succeeded. But it, but he wanted to use existing superhero characters to do Watchmen with. And he so 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 Rorschach mm. was always going to actually going to be the question. Um, and. Uh, but then I, I think for some sort of legal reasons he wasn't allowed to 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 do to do that. But um, mm. so and the question is kind of like a. It's funny though because Vertigo, which is published, which what published Watchmen is a branch of DC. Yeah. Uh, so you would think, you know, he would have he would have had a decent chance of using some of. Actually, those you know what? You're right. Maybe he wasn't. He wasn't allowed. He might have decided not to. Um, I'm not sure. Either way, he they didn't end up using those. But um, I don't know much about the, the the question. But but I know that he was referred to as a as a a Randian. You know, Ayn Rand. Yeah. So he's yeah. Well, he's proper yeah. right wing. You know, pro uh, pro yeah. so, capitalism. Pro yeah. Pro, yeah. And Ayn Rand is yeah very much kind yeah, of yeah. Like so that. so and uh, and 
that's the thing. Uh, uh, Moore is like, Moore's point of view on a character like that, on, on Randian philosophies, is different to Schneider's. Schneider's like, yeah, 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 I agree with that. I, I'm all about that. Whereas Moore is like, no, 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 no. That's the whole point is that no, that's bullshit. Uh, obviously, that's mm. bullshit. Um, and I think it's... Well, Rorschach has this very... He has this like conviction in in, in his mm. methods and what he's doing. And he's, he's very, very staunch, uncompromising in his views, which is is all kind of you know it's 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 making him live he he is literally living an a terrible life uh because he is pretty much unwilling to co- compromise mm-hmm. and he feels like he, 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 in order to be effective he has to kind of live amongst you know the people who he supposedly you know he has to live in those kind of like crime infested like dark depraved areas of of the city and he has to exist in order to embody that and know his enemy and know what he's fighting he has to kind of be amongst it and live and live amongst it and he kind of he's which kind of does remind you of um a little bit of like batman and things like that where it's like but it's he's the mythos of the superhero again is be is comes into question there because mm. well he has his ethos about how life should be and he'll break noses and punch and kill to enforce that and that is wrong quite obviously i mean by by my metric i don't care who you are i don't care what your ethos is you don't get to force other people to think the way you do you just don't that's not the way to do things uh, yeah so and so yeah, it's every, every, like each of the characters in Watchmen, or like Rorschach's a good example, but all of them all have like this kind of. They're all, they're very much in love with the idea of the superhero and this kind of like responsibility. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they get they're called like masked adventurers yeah. quite a lot in the yeah, book actually. Are. So I I don't think the the term superhero is actually it's it's hardly ever used mm. which is interesting yeah. um um they've they're quite uh egotistical mm. they've like they've got messiah complexes they've got basically a whole sort of they they all kind of go each one kind of go in depth about um they all kind of are a bit of a character like a character study of of a psychological complex in one way or another mm-hmm um which 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 i don't get from i don't i mean i i don't really get that from the film at all either i think even when rorschach is in the you know the institution and it and and he and all those kind of famous scenes where he's you know um sort of tr- he, like that guy's attempting to sort of psycho- psychologically analyze mm-hmm. him um you don't yeah, you don't his almost his kind of integrity as a character and as and him being in that superhero role is is just never under question mm. whatatsoever. <laughs> yeah. And the, and, and a lot a lot, a lot and, and it's, it's the same with with all, you know all the rest of them, all mm. the rest of the characters. And and that's just what makes it like very very mm. shallow and um 
I don't know. I don't really know how you can miss that from the book, really. And my and and I think there is probably the simple answer that it was just riding off the back of a a trend, and it had to fit the mold. You know, it was going to reach a big audience. It was a high budget film that needed to make money back. It needed a return investment, so it had to it had to conform. It had to conform to those the standards of a normal superhero film, which. Is so it was just a like and and the and and the reputation of the book was going to bring in the audience, but it was never going to it was never going to deliver on the ideas that the book can because it was in a it was basically in this state where it it it, it couldn't have done it it was it was basically impossible and it, and it's kind of impossible to cram it all into a feature length film anyway it'd be something that would be better as like a television series or I something. agree where you could take much longer to go into it and everything. So maybe it just didn't fit the actual feature length film as an art form was too limited to go into as well. And uh, so, yeah, I just feel like it was probably destined to fail really, but I'm interested to hear what, why people like well, it well, so, so much. So uh, the, the, this whole idea of, of it having to fill this superhero film remit I'm somewhat sympathetic to, but I, I mean, when in 2009 we weren't in the kind of superhero saturation that we are in currently, or which I'm hoping we're at the end, end sort of tail end of it. I'm hoping the end game uh, is a bit of has a bit of a double meaning, um, but 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 who knows? <laughs> um, but 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 yeah. So I, I I see your point, but I also kind of don't i i i do think that fundamentally um hack snyder has a different perspective on watchmen but the people who think that it's good one of the things they say is that um instead of because how we were talking about how watchmen is is obviously a book about graphic novels a, well, a book about comics it's a comic book about comic books what what people say that uh what people say hack snyder wanted watchmen to be is a basically a meta film about superhero films um and the i the, the kind of now the problem is even as i say that i'm so unconvinced by that argument that it's hard for me to to even like fucking like pretend that that's a viable argument but 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 like the one example that i'm kind of like hmm the one example that actually might convince me or or at least i think rings some somewhat true is Ozymandias's suit has nipples on it. Now, this is a tiny mm. little detail, but it's it's actually uh it's kind of important. I mean, you could you could you could actually read that um kind of deeply. Well, that because... kind of it reminds me of that kind of those really cheesy cheesy Batman films which had that same aesthetic with like the shiny suit. So, so yeah, the first two the first two Batman ones Tim Burton, Tim, yeah. Tim uh, Burton, mm -hmm. which I don't think had nipples. No, no, exactly. And then Joel Schumacher <laughs> then, put it nipples. Was Joel, it was mm. Joel Schumacher yeah. who who introduced the nipples on the. <laughs> and there's even, and I even remember in those films because I loved them as a kid. I had the toys, mm -hmm. everything, which you know I was the target audience yeah. at the time. So you know, uh, but there's even the scenes where when they're suiting Sh up, close up of the ass, they're smash doing, like, zoom to the ass. Bat ass, yeah, yeah, close yeah. the ass. Unreal, smash, zoom, bat ass. So it's like, yeah, you're <laughs> yeah. lighting it and everything. Surely, while you're setting up the bat ass smash zoom, you go, 
<laughs> maybe we don't do a bat ass smash. Why are we even doing this? You know what I mean? It's like the ass is under a cape. I mean, like even in the real world, I mean, like what the, what are we doing by zooming into that bat ass? Truly. A man yeah, had to light um, that shot. Someone he, pulled focus on and, that shot of that bat ass. You know? Yeah, and and they, you know, like they all pretty much knew at the time that it was just the, you know, An extended it was, commercial. It was for just toys, a big yeah. toy advert. That film, you know, it was, it was, it was about selling the merch mm. um, and getting the, you know, getting the kids in and getting, you know, get the, that. That's who the the main audience was with those films. Mm. So yeah, to, to even then to throw in that on top of knowing all of that, yeah, to even you know to to then do that all it just makes it even more. It's like what? Why? What, it, who really? is that fucking shot for? Who is that shot Maybe for? Maybe just for their own inter- entertainment. Maybe it's a gag on on set gag. On set gag. Which, zoom in on the badass. Um, <laughs> I mean, Jesus, guys, that's. I mean, anyway, so let's bring it all back. So so the idea of putting nipples on Ozymandias's suit is the only example of me re- when I'm reading these people who are defending Watchmen. I see that and I go, hmm, hmm. That is interesting. But I was like, it's like, it does, feels, is that really it, it fe- a Zack Snyder decision? Is that, I mean, are we really, am I, is that enough for me to go down the road of going, oh, okay, so what is he, it's like the fact that he's put nipples on there, is that, is he actually trying to make a point about, you know, Batman having nipples put on him and what that means, you know? Um... Or is it just production designer put nipples on Ozymandias's and Ozymandias' suit, and he was like, "Yeah, cool." Who knows? Yeah, I think it's if that is the the entire basis of the argument, then <laughs> come on, I think you need a little bit more to go off. Than well, that. I think they do have a few more points, but like, really, I don't know. It doesn't seem to be lampooning the superhero film genre, and if it is, it's definitely not doing it as cleanly and as fucking like uh, uh, successfully as. Watchmen is the comic book genre, so I don't know. Yeah, it's just lost in translation altogether, really. Mm. Um, but yeah, and but it's an interesting thing about source material and film adaptation and the limitations of film, basically, where you you're because I think yeah, there is there is some films. You know that there are there are certain things that film, as as much of an expansive and incredible art form that it is, there are things that it does struggle to yeah. articulate. Um, and I think a lot of the things that are happening, a lot of the subtle things that are happening happening in the Watchmen novel, are are you know the. are will always get lost in translation when when you adapt it to film. Maybe it would. Maybe yeah, as I said, they had if they had more time and didn't have to sort of rush through the story, cut things out. Yeah. They, and they had um, and they had a, a like a television show instead. Perhaps, perhaps that would help things a little bit. However, you are still like those inner mon like those inner monologue. You know those those the that you know the right and 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 just the joy of the writing mm-hmm. itself as as a medium when it's so well done yeah. um is you know some things are are books because the person who's written the books are you know they're craftsmen at the top of their game and that 
that the, uh, the the joy of the experiences in the writing and yeah. just because something is well written doesn't mean that you can then just go and transfer it to a different medium and those ideas will 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 hold up and they won't get lost in translation and i think i think that is part of the problem i agree uh, and i think it's inter- it's interesting to talk about in just films in general because it is you know, it does have its limitations, uh, as as much as a great, you know, as a great art form mm. it is, and that's and that's where you get more interested in. You know, I mean, I know we talk about Tarkovsky a lot, and there is an actual Tarkovsky reference in Watchmen, yeah. the book. Yeah. Well which spotted, by the way. I did, sp- I, d- I did spot. So yeah, the second time I read it, it was uh, basically when sort of. Do you know when? Do you know what when that is yeah, in the book? When, when they, yeah, it's like right at the end. So we're basically like it's, it's about it's 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 like nuclear war is like basically going to happen, mm-hmm. and his his big plan at the end is basically to convince the world that they're under threat from alien, yeah. uh, threat of alien things. So they yeah, all yeah. team up. They forget their differences and all team up at mm-hmm. the end. So basically, you have all, and then it's. So at the end, the world they're living in is like this kind of like cultural exchange going on between sort of America and Russia. Um, and there's actually, yeah, so there's like Tarkovsky showing at the cinema. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Just but- sorry, let me just get this in. On, on, it's, it's on page 31 of the final chapter. Top pane, just slyly tucked away on the right. Top panel, page 31, final chapter, if anyone wants to check out that. Tarkovsky reference in the Watchmen book. Sorry, Dan, continue. Cinema as a language in the in the way that he talks about was the image, the image just speaking for itself, uh, and not nec- and and having a, a self-contained meaning. Mm, yeah. Um that is that is where I think cinema's potential is limitless. Mm-hmm. And I think when you when you have a a dilemma like the Watchmen had, where you're adapting this colossal source material to fit a mm. remit that is, uh, you know, to- you know, commercially. This main incentive was to do business, you know, commercially, because yeah, um, it was, it was, it was. Uh, that's why it couldn't. That's why I don't think. I don't think it was a misunderstanding of the source material. I think I'm I'm much more cynical that I think it was never a real attempt to do the to do to do the book. It wow. was it was more of a it was more of a let's just cash in on the reputation of the book but just manufacture another superhero film out of it and make a I, bit of money. I'm going to disagree with you there because basically uh, like the effort that has gone in to making Watchmen look, feel, it's like, it's like just, uh, just, just Manhattan's suit alone. Like the, 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 the amount of yeah, effort. Yeah, I know what you mean. Bro. That's the paradoxical yeah, thing the, about it. There's so much yeah, love there and so care much, and attention exactly. that's gone into it. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, that's, and yeah, it is somewhat paradoxical. Yeah. So it's like, cause it's like, there has been real effort has been put in. And I know for a fact, Hack Schneider is a huge Watchmen fan. So I don't think it's a, it's like just a cynical cash grab. Let's use these IPs. I mean, I'm I, I'm saying I don't think that was the intent. I I do think that is kind of the effect. But 
uh, I don't think that was the, the intent, or at least I, I don't. I, I hope it wasn't. I, it doesn't feel that way. But that's that's other people's hard work, though. You know, that's. I mean, that. Well, uh, yeah, sure. I'm sure it, some. You yeah. know, it's like it's like a it's like the Star Wars prequels. You know, it's like everyone was on the A game for those <laughs> costume designs, music, yeah, special yeah. effects. Everyone was everyone mm. was because it was Star Wars. Yeah. Everyone was like really on their A game. You know, they knew a lot of people was going to watch it. It was, you know, it's going to be a big film. And, uh, you know, the only person who wasn't on their A-game was... <laughs> was Georgie Mr. Boy. Mr. Lucas, you know. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Lu- just like Mr. Lucas, yeah. Cough, you know, just like coughing up scripts mm. like three weeks yeah. before they schedule There's a lot shoot, of that. They you know, fight. And things yeah. like that. Um, that's so... That's kind of you can't help but feel that maybe there's some something that's gone on here as well, maybe where it's like again, the excitement of doing the Watchmen film people have like really tried to deliver in sort of other areas. Whereas the actual the bedrock, you know, of what I don't know. It's a real funny one. I know what you mean. It is sort of yeah. paradoxical in nature how you can follow so many details. And that so lovingly mm-hmm. and put so much effort in one in some ways, and then just miss like have these like gaping holes in yeah. it. In another way, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's, it just it's doesn't real, make sense. It's real hard does to it? understand. Yeah, but I also have this feeling where I don't think Watchmen is as unadaptable as its reputation as it as it has a reputation of being. It, I think. Uh, I actually think one of the things that st- stood out to me reading Watchmen was that it it itself was speaking a, a, a somewhat filmic language. Um, I, it's going to be hard for me to point to an exact example for this, but I, I, the one that I can think of where that I remember is there's a scene where Silk Spectre and Night Owl are like, I think they're about to... to um, like they're in front of the TV making out. I think they have sex, um, but maybe they don't. I'm not sure. It might be the time where Night Owl can't get it up or something, which is a great scene. But in that scene, the way oh, yeah. the yeah, way it's drawn, right, yeah. and this might this might be Gibbons, you know, but and but 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 Alan Moore does credit Gibbons quite heavily. In in he, Alan Moore was like, listen, my my screenplay for Watchmen was just it was an idea, but then Gibbons kind of gave it form, and we we then working with Gibbons, it started actually working really well and then i started rewriting and it was like okay so so more himself has admitted that gibbons really did create the shape but that it's like gibbons right draws this sequence with you're having the sh- it's like a shot of the television and then the voiceover and and then there's like moments where she says like oh you you weren't able to see things too clearly and then on that pane it's not silk specter saying it it's like night owl putting his glasses down right and that 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 is a film thing that is that that hundred percent that is a device from cinema and uh, certain pains in the watchman book are uh by paint panels certain comic panels are replicating shots and i i like visual uh the visual language of film a hundred percent and and that's like so that to me makes makes me think Actually, it's not impossible to to do this. I mean, there is like maybe fundamentally at its core, it's a book about uh, comics. So, 
you know, it's it's you, you might lose that. And I know for a fact, Alan Moore's greatest. He's like my my problem essentially is with adaptation as a concept. Um, you know, so so he's not into it. But Alan Moore's not not into much. No, and and it was made. I mean, he he doesn't have the rights to the book no. anyway. So he he, he would. He had absolutely no say in whether you know whether this film was made or not. Um, well, he sold the rights and, to Watchmen. Um, I think praying. I think the industry, the industry sort of um, did a few. I mean, he's he's not a fan of the industry. He's quite vocal yeah. about how you know how they they pull dirty tricks and exploit Bloody artists, yeah. exploit creative yeah. people, and and everything mm. like that. So, um. Yeah, yeah. I think he didn't even. I didn't even. I don't think he even bothered to watch the no. film. No, he won't have done. But but Alan Moore is a real, uh, fascinating guy, and the the very fact that that Watchmen to him is like he's almost apologizing. He's like, look, man, I'm sorry about Watchmen. Like, really fucked with that whole. I mean, you know, I was just having some fun in my twenties. Like, really fucked with everything. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> You know, I put a nail in the coffin of that genre and like, pfft, I'm sorry, you know, I'm sorry. You, you, I'm sorry that now we have movies where Superman is on his knees crying. It's like, that's my fault. <laughs> and it is your fault. It is your fault, Alan, because uh, like Superman should not be on his fucking knees crying. I'm sorry. It, don't try and make Superman a real flawed character. It's like, wh- what are you doing? What are you doing? Do something else. Well, I don't know, man. I think people would argue that like that makes him more interesting. I guess where you add these, yeah, you add that kind of Achilles heel. Somebody. The interesting thing about Superman is absolutely nothing. I mean, like the outfit. You know, it's a good outfit, but it's like, it's like. I mean, it's crazy. Superman is is not very fertile ground for like actual like life issues you know for like making sense of the world and yeah, it's just like i think they've it's called all, superman for they've fuck's always sake. famously struggled to put him into the film to adapt, adapt superman to film haven't they i think they've done much better with yeah like spider-man mm. and batman and, and and things like that but superman has never really kind of but it was i think again though going back to Zack snyder mm. i know that it was he the super the superman film um which kind of like brought him back after a, a while uh you know the one with henry mm-hmm. cavill is it called it man is. of steel i think the film was called man of steel yep. um and a big sort of con- controversy with that one is how he breaks breaks the villain's neck at the end <laughs> in the fight. he snaps on neck in that kills courtroom, him. Yeah. yeah he kills him he kills yeah, the, yeah. kills ah! the villain. yeah and, appa- and apparently that is like the biggest sort of, uh, you know, betrayal of the character of Superman mm-hmm. imaginable, because mm-hmm. it's not, yeah, not something that he would he would do. Um, and again, and and you know, Batman uh, killing killing people in his films mm-hmm. as well in the Batman Superman go, you know, actually like when he's out fighting crime, he is actually just like killing people. Mm. Yeah, you know, which again is another huge sort of betrayal of of the character of Batman. So. And these are like archetypal superheroes. You don't, I mean, you don't, you know, they don't get much bigger. And Snyder just comes along and seems to just misunderstand them on a, at a very sort of intrinsic level. 
But it's like I can understand uh, him, and I, and I think I think he's the problem. He's, the, he's a big part of the problem. <laughs> yeah, I agree. You know, I mean, look, I can understand going. So listen, but look, look, man. I mean, I'm of the I'm of the mind now. I look, I might be, I might just be getting older. I mean, I know I am. We all are, but maybe this is this is a side <laughs> effect of me getting older. So I watched the the trailer for this new Batman movie, and I just like I was just like, yeah, it looks it looks good. So what? Who cares? Who gives a shit? You know, Detective Comics issue fourteen. Some, you know, Batman. Like, come on, man. You know, it's twenty twenty. How many good Batman movies do we need? We've had a bunch of good Batman movies. I mean, do we really need more good Batman movies? It's just because people wear Batman T-shirts. People buy Batman mm. lunchboxes, man. And so they're gonna just keep churning out fucking Batman movies. And it's like, man. Yeah, well, they're co- they're, they're confident they'll get a return yeah, on their exactly. investment. Exactly. But let's you know, not sit like, here pretending so, that Batman is you know, worth that, anything. It will it will do business. Yeah, like, it's business uh, because that's that's what this whole thing has been about. It's nothing uh, personal. Or, you know. It's business. Exactly. So I don't I I can't feel any sort of personal connection because it's business, you know. And it's so, fu- and I think and I think Watchmen film the film the Watchmen film was business mm. and I think Zack Zack Snyder got the gig because he'd made a was it the three hundred yeah yeah so he'd already done like a film which was pretty commercially successful mm. at the box office so they're like okay well you get to do another one now mm. which which one do you want to do I wonder if they gave him the choice. I reckon they did give him the choice. And he was like, I'd love to do Watchmen. Okay, <laughs> yeah. do Watchmen. Yeah. He made this like really long version. You got to cut it down. I don't, I don't know, man. It's, I, it's I a don't mind know, fuck, I don't know what it? the problem it's is. It's really hard fuck. to put your finger on. It's probably, it's probably a mixture of all of these things we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just don't know how you can mess it up that badly, though, well, to be honest. Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, Terry Gilliam... Uh, well, I know Terry Gilliam wanted to adapt Watchmen. I think it was in the '90s or something. Um, and then he came. Right. He, oh, he he wanted to do. A film yeah, he wanted to it. direct Watchmen, a Watchmen film. Right. Now imagine okay. Terry Gilliam directing Watchmen. It would. I mean, it would be amazing. I mean, you, you know for a fact that Night Owl in his costume would look pathetic, like a joke, like you know, like Time Bandits, you know, or, or just he wouldn't. Yeah. Like you know, Terry Gilliam would not have fucked up the tone, but he actually decided not to do it because he deemed it um, impossible to adapt uh, like many people have. Yeah. But one, an interesting thing, super interestingly, um, and it's something I think we should just talk about Zack Schneider actually changing the ending and the ending of the comic book. Um, but, but Gilliam also was going to change the ending. And his ending, I'm a bit uh, 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 foggy on this, but I think it was something to the effect of um like the 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 interdimensional uh, 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 octopus came it destroyed mm. and i think it does still destroy new york city and 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 kill like I mean, however many million people it does in the book but it splits the universe splits off and at that moment where ozymandias puts the octopus in in new york we the, like the 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 portal to the other dimension where the octopus is coming from i, I don't know goes it's like go, we go into that dimension or something and it ends up we end up in our universe i.e in yours and my universe in terry gilliam's universe where all of these stories are just comic books and there are no real superheroes and so he wanted to to the ending of the watchman film to to 
to actually tie it back to our world. So you know how Watchmen is in an alternate universe of our own where there are superheroes and it splits off and like, you know, Nam, mm. we won Nam because, well, we are not an American, but, but the, the Americans won Vietnam because Manhattan helped them. Well, Gilliam was trying to bring it all back home uh, into our universe, which I think is kind of an interesting idea. Um, it's pretty ambitious, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Twist. Yeah, it's it, a pretty ambitious twist to add exactly. yourself at the end. Yeah. Um, at the end of it all. Yeah, but I think it's interesting how people are inclined to change the ending. I'm a big fan of the ending, but now I have to say, given the events of this current year um, and this this pandemic spreading across the globe and causing huge uh, social unrest and just huge issues. Uh, the idea of a common enemy uniting the world seems like a, a bit of a uh, um, idealistic, uh, uh, naive idea. Um, and, yeah, you know, well, that's I know, and that's almost kind of like, uh, and that's a how, criticism. How f going back to that Tarkovsky reference, I mean, how silly is is all of that? It gets so silly at the end. Yeah, um, that you know, like all, the, and all of a sudden, like. Uh, like um, Russian society and American society have almost kind of like blended mm. and, you know, there's like this huge, like, you know, like this visual, like you kind of sense of unity yeah. and everything. But that's something that for some reason the graphic novel can do. And because you're, because it is literally cartoons and you're, you're, yeah. re you're reading a cartoon book, it, the tone of it means it, it will, it, Cinema has got a very serious tone to it. It's a it's a high level art form. Mm -hmm. It's technic technically, you know, um, I mean, a lot of money gets thrown at it. It gets, you know, it's. But but don't you I, think there's something know, interesting it, it, to be I, said? It, it can't, I don't think it can reach that level of lightheartedness that that the the books can because even that ending, as as silly as it is, you know, it's still enjoyable within that comic book form because you still just what you know reading a car you know you're just basically reading a, a comic book at the end of the day and there's so much more that can get it can get away with whereas films just take themselves more seriously as an art form because they're much more difficult to make they're much more collaborative mm. they cost loads of money to make it's like high it's like it's it's a very sophisticated art form mm. uh and yeah, so you could never. I don't think a film can ever, ever strike that tone that the book does, and that's impossible. The Watchman book, yeah, I I agree with that. But the, but my thing is like, the Watchman book, the whole. I mean, the reason it's famous and the, the the whole thing is that okay, we're doing this kind of interesting. Yeah, it's a comic book, but like Silk Spectre or Silk Spectre's mum. I, what's her name anyway uh, we're doing we're doing you know yes. Well, they're. I think they're both the same. They're both. She kind of inherits the the mantle doesn't she and she and she's sort of trained and it's very much kind of her her the, her mother sort of continuing to live her dream through, through her, her child. child yeah exactly that's right which yeah. is brilliant um brilliant. but 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 yeah so so in the book uh yeah it's it's priding itself on having this kind of realistic tone where superheroes are being raped and there's it's hardcore it's like there's war crimes um but then, like you say, there's this ending, this utopic ending, and this kind of like, uh, uh, and and it just seems a little bit like, mm, mm, okay, what? So we're just ending now, like this this squid. I, it is somewhat of a criticism towards the book. I do think the ending 
you know, by the time you get there, you you really do realize, oh no, this was all about the characterization and all about the journey. So now that we're here at the end, it's like, yeah, okay, cool. But, but the real story was told along the way. Uh, and, and the real story was almost told in between the chapters. Like right at the end of the of each chapter, you get this like newspaper article or a, a, or a section from a book about owls. That's where the real meat and the real like thought-provoking shit is happening. So by the time it gets to the end and you have this octopus, yeah, it seems a little bit naive and it seems to maybe be regressing somewhat to the kind of ideas or, or tone that 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 it was fucking satirizing in the first place and, and and that may be the reason for uh gilliam and also hack going well we should change the ending what do you think about that yeah i think the ending is a big talking point because obviously yeah the film changes the ending mm-hmm because it obviously it backed away from it because it's um it is it's a quite a bizarre ending but but it works so well in the comic book and um so you still you you it it's, it's so it's every it, it works so well in the comic book because it's all laid out piece by piece Clu- the clues are just dotted all the way through mm-hmm. from the beginning mm-hmm. which is very difficult to do in a film because again, it to get to to get that kind of nitty grittiness, like you're saying, of uh, all those little clues just put in yeah. there of how how this kind of master plan mm-hmm. has been concocted um, is 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 difficult to difficult to fit in. It's difficult to fit it in and slot it in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the book does it really nicely. Mm-hmm. So you're you're given all the pieces to put together at the end. And it is very much this um, this plan that's so mental. Yeah. And it actually works. Mm. And, uh, but that's another thing that the kind of the, the book, um, the book articulates really well um, is just how... Um, how absolutely mental, how absolutely mental this plan is, but yet it all works. And he's sort of weirdly the real superhero at the end, because he's actually saved the world. Mm. Um, in all in all his sort of narcissism and messiah complex and and on all his all his resources and everything that he's doing. Cause he's like looking at all these tellies and he can like you know, he's studied this technique where he can like predict the future from like looking at all these televisions mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. And um and he and they and it's like they feel like as to being the real superheroes, it's their job to stop him. Um mm-hmm. whereas he actually does save the world through his crazy plan, kills millions of people in the process, but like saves the entire planet. Um and 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 th- and and they have to be quiet about it. They they he he kind of has them in like checkmate. Whereas if they say something, then there'll be another nuclear war outbreak. Which is exactly what Rorschach you know, does. He sends his journal to a right-wing uh, newspaper. Yeah, he sends his journal to the newspaper yeah. and that's kind of the cliffhanger. It exactly. you there at the end because they're ending. just about to find it and you don't know if that's going to... Undo yeah, everything. That, what's going to happen after that. But In Tales from the Black Freighter, it's like, obviously this pirate is making a ship and the ship uh, out, of, out of the dead bodies of his comrades in order to make it to the next day make it another day and 
so obviously one of the obvious can I, you know you could say is Ozymandias is killing all of these people i mean he's basically destroying half of new york to save new york you know and he's with with all of these bodies uh, you know there's that whole chapter where it's just no yeah. dialogue and there's just shots mm. of p- people dead right um so so it's not necessary i mean it's not necessarily and then it just cuts to that that side on very famous panel of him saying i did it with his fists up in the air and and then him saying it's over it's over and manhattan saying nothing ends it's not over and then having rorschach so it's almost like rorschach's simplistic black and white morality batmanian morality is what keeps all it's like well you know you need to tell like ozymandias lied i'm not i'm against that lie we need to expose lies so i'm exposing that lie and it's like well no you don't i mean it's like you do realize that exposing that lie negates the death of this million it's like no it doesn't matter because i'm rorschach i need to expose the lie and and it's just like yeah there'd be no joker without batman you know put the fucking cowl away batman you're causing this shit and that's kind of doing like what, what that ending is set everything up. It's set, it's put all the characters in these in this in these sort of difficult positions where, yeah, they're not they're not none of them are really what they think they are. You know, none of them are none of none of them none of them are like the true. They're not truly serving this superhero mythos. They all, they're all they all think they are, but they're all imposters. Because when like. When they all follow, follow, follow it all, they've all followed it. This is kind of the thing where they've all followed it through to the logical conclusion and they all end up in the position they are at the end, you know. And um, I would say the only character who is not in denial about who they are and about superheroes' roles is the comedian. And that's what makes it so amazing because the comedian is such a piece of shit. And it's like, that is... That is a superhero who is not, who doesn't have any fucking delusions of grandeur, who knows he's scum, who knows that all the other superheroes are scum, and he doesn't pretend that he's not. And he's, in fact, it's a joke. It's a joke to him. And that's what actually makes the comedian such an interesting character, because, yeah, I'm with you. All, all of them are in denial, except for the comedian, in my opinion. The comedian knows who he is and knows what he likes and is down with it, you know? And he's like, mm. when he's in that S&M gear, and he's shooting the fucking protesters, <laughs> you know? And that's really homoerotic, that section, where he's, like, in that kind of, like, sort of... In those leathers and that fishnet stuff. Yeah, and he's I, telling feel, the protesters I feel like he disperse. embodies that kind of... That, uh, somehow embodying the, the military power of America as well in some way. And that There's a fascistic... Of... Uh, there's almost a nazi You know how, like, Hermes designed the Nazi uniforms, you know? There's a sort of element of that as well I kind of get out of him. And I think, yeah. it, you know... Which gives the... Gra- yeah, all these things, man. It always gives the graphic novel so much teeth in terms of its mm. commentary on the superhero genre. Um, mm. All of these subtle kind of things that you can pick up on as you're going along. Um, mm. And, uh, yeah, it's just the film does not deliver on this in any way any way shape or form i would i would argue i agree i would actually say i've just thought of this now i'm just flipping through the the the, the graphic novel um and a nice sort of, sort of uh one sentence really to, re- to 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 sort of explain the the difference for me uh the the book is very anti nostalgia uh and the film is very pro nostalgia 
So the book, the book makes it very clear. You have all of these billboards of this perfume called Nostalgia, and it, and and it's pretty clear what it. I mean, it's it's it, like you said, it's not being subtle. Like the the idea of the billboards with this perfume called Nostalgia and the the smell of the sweet scent of Nostalgia, mm. which wears off, and you can buy it in a store, you know, and there's billboards for it, and you know you can make you feel how you did once, and you know when you're in your twenties driving through Saint Tropez and you smelt great, you just spray this thing, and, oh yeah, it takes me back, you know. The book's very clearly like, yeah, that's bogus. Um, that's bullshit. That's not what you should be striving for. And there's even ads for nostalgia on the TV. And, you know, whereas the book is extremely... And like that Hollis Mason sequence where he's punching all the guys. The book is... I'm sorry, the film is like eating that nostalgia for fucking breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Loving it. Lapping it up. Swimming in it. It only exists because of nostalgia. Yeah, the film actually, it's true. It is... The you know fact, what I mean? The fact that you're actually making a film from Watchmen is is partly due to nostalgia itself, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, which is that you, you fucked up already. Yeah. Step one, you've tripped over and broken your ankle. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's so, so yeah, I think that's actually quite a nice, concise way of doing it. I mean, that's literally, in a way, fundamentally the issue. The book is very clearly anti-nostalgia and the film is very clearly pro. Yeah, I think that's one of the things. Yeah, that's one of the things. Um, mm. But uh, re- rereading the book, which I did this year, I thought, come on, for a laugh, I'll put on the film again. And the first thing, where they're having like this, the first thing that happens in the comic book, and obviously the first thing that happens in the film is the, the comedian is assassinated. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a very quick uh short sequence in the comic book it's basically someone comes in and he gets thrown out of a window in the film it's like a it's five extended, minute long yeah, crazy yeah. action sequence yeah, yeah where they're like fighting and doing like and they've and they've got like super strength you know and it's and it's like and is that is that kind of what they're doing though it's kind of like oh it's 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 too ridiculous it's like yeah the film's already started uh, and they're already having like this crazy action sequence where they're all like flying off the walls and everything like that. Yeah. And is that supposed to be ridiculous intentionally? No, it's supposed to be badass. And and what's interesting is that he's playing in that scene. He's playing Unforgettable by Nat King Cole, which actually features in the comic book. Different scene. I think it's the scene where um, um I think it's the scene where Silk Spectre and Night Owl are kissing in the in uh, the little Night Owl's ship. Yeah, but I could right. I could be wrong. But anyway, at some point in the graphic novel, Unforgettable is playing. Now Hack decides, all right, let's pop Unforgettable right at the beginning. And instead of, if you remember, in the graphic novel, that sequence is told through two cops. So so the the, the first shot is yeah the badge on the street. Uh, with the blood on it, and then it it, it it so it goes up, it goes up, goes up, goes up, goes up to the balcony, and you have a cop leaning over the balcony, going, "Damn, that's a long drop," right? And then turns around and goes, "Yeah, it looks like a a man mid fifties." And then it in the it shows you like a quick like like a quick red pane of shot from the same. Uh, this is why it's like a film shot from the same angle as when the police are talking. It cuts to bathed in red, the 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 comedian having a quick moment of fight so when the policeman won it like the second officer showing up at the front door you get a shot of the 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 guy coming in to kill the the comedian kicking the front door in and so it's done with in film you call that a graphical match when you you uh an element from a cut from a previous shot continues on into the next shot 
Uh, so it's it's employing a film technique in the opening sequence of the comic book. It is doing something that movies do. And Hack goes, no, let's have an extended sequence and then have the cop comes in late. It's like, it's not, it's not done in the same way. It, you could have easily just done it that way, in yeah. my opinion. The and you had, well, the fucked up thing is you have, yeah. you have a guy who looks just like the comedian. Brilliant, that guy. Perfectly cast for the comedian. And... His apartment, exactly like the comic book. The frame of him being thrown out the window. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's matched the shape of the glass shards. I mean, it looks identical to that pain in the comic. Yet, for what? For what, Hack? For what? Yeah, that's the, that's the, that's the really the perplexing thing about it, really. There's, uh... But yeah, I knew. I knew straight away watching it the second time when they were doing this action fight, sequence. Yeah. I was already like, whoa, oh God, like, yeah. there's something terribly wrong already. And it's only, <laughs> I mean, like, the first two minutes. Two minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's that it's soon. Like the tone the is so bad. Like, started instantly ringing. <laughs> I remember I, I was in France and you texted me going, Man, I've just watched Watchmen. What a pile of trash. <laughs> um, and yeah, we ended up talking about it for a long time. Um, yeah, I mean, it is pretty wild, that. And you are right. That 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 first fight scene is just so Zack Schneiderian and over the top and, like, meant to be badass. And it's like, I don't think Alan Moore thinks it's badass. I, I think the comedian being thrown out of his window by an assassin is supposed to be kind of like pathetic and kind of sad and kind of like that's how it ended after all that and seediness there's a seediness to the seediness, novel yeah. that just doesn't doesn't appear at all in the film whatsoever mm. yeah there's yeah. yeah i don't know it's yeah what can you say what can you say here whatever well uh, yeah i mean it's, and the, it's the, a graphic, shame. the graphic novel lives on though you know it's definitely not like faded at all it's what it's still like it's still, uh, you know, and and they've done some, and there's uh, even that the I've noticed when um, when I'm uh, in comic book shops, there's a lot of uh, material that like that people have written off the back of the the graphic novels, like spin off oh, comic of books, man. things yeah. like that, yeah, yeah, yeah sequels yeah. and everything like Which that, which are all so. again completely like misunderstanding the, the idea and now they've done this television book. show as well that you pointed out which I, honestly the tv I am, show I am, I am curious about so. i look i the tv show is really really good in certain elements and i guess we could talk a little bit about the tv show just at the end here because why not um it like certain things are really really great about it and i respect i, I i'm really happy that the tv show exists and i'm happy so many people love it and, and really enjoyed it um but it really, for me, it was like, uh, it was just a bit too predictable. It was just a bit like, oh, really? Is this, mm. we're just going to do that? I mean, it's just so fucking obvious. Um, but people loved it, and I'm not trying to take anything away from that. If you love the Watchmen TV yeah. show, great. I'm happy that it came out, because it, we might get a second season. The second season may be a bit better. I'm obviously going to watch it. Um, but, um, it, yeah. Doesn't it I, kind of uh, do, like delve a lot into... Um, sort of, you know, racial tension in America and things like yeah. that. That's, that's, what, that's what it's all about. That's what it's, that's what the show is about, in my opinion. It's about it's about racial tension in America, hundred percent. That's the main thing. That's the main thing of what the show is about, and that's Which, that's a fine topic. It, I mean, go for it. It's 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 not. 
to be honest with you, man, it's not out of the realm of what Watchmen could could be about. Um, no, but it doesn't. It's not a big. It's not. A, I don't really associate the book with being. Yeah, there's no. I mean, I'm trying to think now. I mean, I don't think the book really goes into any of that at all. So they've kind of, they've they've definitely sort of taken the source material, but but taken it into a very different direction as well. Maybe that's the way you've got to go with it. Maybe you've got to take take it, but you know, that's. I mean, that is that is, and and they've made it into a series as well. So they may, maybe where they've gone, maybe where they've gone right. Is where the film where the film went so wrong. Mm. They honestly, you know, I really do think they've tried. It out. Yeah. They've extended it out. They've made it. They have. They have not had to cram everything into a feature length film. Um, mm. and they've 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 gone in their own direction with it. In and mm. instead of trying, I mean, I mean, I don't know. The the sticking sticking to the source material so admirably in one way, and then totally yeah. disregarding it in another way yeah. is just par it's a total paradox in it's but you know if you're gonna if you're gonna something where the the source material is so yeah. weighs so heavily you know probably the smartest thing to do is just sort of take a little bit of it but then just completely go in a new mm. direction with it i mean i guess i guess the real question is though after after you do that is like why does it need to be a watchman well, thing well, this was my point. This was my point about saying, do we need a fucking new Batman movie? That's my whole point of like, do we need, does this need to be Batman? Why do we need another Batman movie? It's like, it's that thing where it's like, yeah, it's dollars and cents, baby. You know, that's literally it. So yeah, attach, get over attach it. Attach the tag to it and yeah, to generate more it. interest. Whereas yeah, yeah, yeah. Executive, the... executive producer, Steven Spielberg, the amount of posters that have Spielberg's name on it as a producer. And it's like, they would have gone like, hey, Steven, do you mind if we, uh, Put your name on the poster. You know, it's like just to get people in because they know that name. It's, it's that. It's that. It really is just that. Um, but but one thing that the TV show d d uh, did, which I think, which I thought was really good, was Rorschach's journal was published and it was uh, deemed like crank, written by some crank. And it was a conspiracy theory and it's not true. And it's been taken up by like this kind of underground right wing group of people who wear Rorschach masks oh, and they really? yeah okay. yeah they all wear Rorschach masks and they're like yeah yeah you know and they, they and, and they they have this prophecy and they're like yeah it's all a lie all the media's a lie and it's all and it, what's interesting is it's like it's kind of interesting because that's based on tr like Rorschach's journal was true technically the events did happen but it was through a perspective of a, a kind of a troubled human being as not so not so great person and so the idea that his writing he radical he was radical i mean he was the, radical, the original yeah. character was unmistakably like radical in his views as well uh there was there was not yeah he was like the black and white no middle ground yeah you know exactly. he he was the he was like the personification of of all of that i so. mean his mask is black and white for god's sake it's as obvious mm. it could, as it could get um and although although then you could say someone would say oh yeah but his mask was a Rorschach test and Rorschach tests are all about you know, you interpret interpretation. It's like, hmm, hmm, interesting. So, what does that say? Is that a paradox within his own character, of that him having no room for subtlety, yet his face is a, 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 a literally a, a tool in psychoanalysis uh, about interpretation. Anyway, let's not get into that. Um, 
but i just think it was kind of clever that the 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 watchman tv show did that i thought that rang true that that was like that's good that's really smart that feels right 30 years after there are these guys wearing rorschach masks meeting and they're like clan members yeah that's that's yeah, that's that's a good idea, man. That's a great idea. That's a good idea, and it's obviously they're they're trying to reflect what we're seeing in the real world. Um, mm. they they're obviously tr- they're obviously trying to sort of integrate all these, uh, all these things into the into the film. But yeah, maybe. Yeah, I must say I will. I th- I think I will watch it. I will get around to watching it. Give it a go. But... I'll be interested to see what you think about it because mm. well, I watched it with my sister. My sister's the person who intru- who made who introduced me to Watchmen. And we watched it together and we both and we're both very different. We have very different tastes um, and just just with quite different people. And we both were like, yeah, this is a bit too on the nose. This is a bit too obvious. Um, but, you yeah, know, I, I do. I that being said, I don't want to don't want to sound like, you know, I, I hate it. I do. I do appreciate it. I do appreciate what it was trying to do a lot. Yeah, but maybe it's just such a di- I mean, yeah, maybe it's an impossible task. You're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't with Watchmen, for all the for all the reasons that we've been. Just let it, you know, just let it be a book, and stop trying to sort of uh, cash in on its reputation. I do think for me the biggest pain, uh, in watching Watchmen, um, the film is that it's like, that's it. You, that's as close as we're going to get to a to a cinematic adaptation of Watchmen, and because he's gone so close to the source material, it's like it's not worth getting another hundred million dollars together and getting a dude in a Rorschach outfit and telling that story again because Schneider got there. I mean, it's like <clears throat> he got so close to it. Um, I don't. I don't see. Uh, I don't see anyone trying to make a Watchmen. I don't see someone like Terry Gilliam wanting to make a watchman now now mm. that Zack Schneider has done that he's basically yeah. shat the bed in a way yeah but i'm 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 not sad about that i don't i don't really ever want to see it as a film cuz fair enough yeah i i i'm firm i i stick firmly to my views and the adaptation is the you problem. know sounds like terry terry gilliam is came to the you know from yep. and Alan from Moore. what i've heard it sounds like yeah you can't it can't be done it cannot be done um, just mm-hmm. like some books can't be turned into films, some books can. Um, sometimes the the films, you know, transcend the books. Uh, yep. um, but I think in this case, um, it's it's hard. It's too hard. And I and I think the you know the it's interesting because I know we're going off topic slightly, but just because I I would like to talk a little bit more just about, um source material versus you know film adaptation because yeah. i just yeah, find yeah, it yeah. a really interesting subject anyway mm-hmm. yeah i think there's more there's more creative potential within in films well if, if okay let's let's just talk about a really famous famous example um of the shining and how oh, yeah. that kind of right. doesn't you know and because i mean it's so famous because obviously the author was so uh so exasperated by how Kubrick interpreted the book, and mm-hmm. he even went, st- uh, he even went to the trouble to, to sort of make his own, you know, ver- version. Ver- yeah, Stephen King went to the, yeah. to the trouble to make his own version of the film. <laughs> yeah, I know. afterwards, yeah, which like was no, which movie. was no, which which I think most people will agree was 
nowhere doesn't <laughs> nowhere near as good as Kubrick's film. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's got a lot to do with the the craftsmanship that goes into each work. You can have you know you can have a brilliant writer and a, a, create a brilliant book, but normally i think a br- i mean I, I i could be wrong about this and i think this is sort of open to the debate but the better the writer the harder it is to to match in a, mm. in a you know because you're you're really going toe-to-toe with somebody in 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 their craft and you're trying to translate you're trying to translate the magic that they've created and make it conform conform to a different kind of logic and in which case i will i will give example of alan moore because he, he is a fantastic writer, he, uh, is, yeah. he is. You know, for for the, he is he's such a cut above. Uh, you know, for uh, I think that's re- the reason why Watchmen was such an important book for the graphic novel genres. Because the writing, as far as I can tell, is just a cut above. It was mm. just extra layer of sophistication uh, to what had been done previously up to that point. Absolutely. And when you have somebody who's who is you know, pound for pound, like very, you know, very, very doing to a high, high level, then it, the more magic they create within their own craft, it gets harder and harder for somebody to then take that and translate it into a different medium, mm. I would say. So, um, and I think Kubrick was almost kind of the reverse of that. I think <laughs> he, he kind of, he, he took some, he was, as a you know, as a craftsman and as an artist, I would argue, pro- you know, although C- Stephen King is a great writer, and maybe probably a lot of people would disagree with me when I say, but in his it, within his own craft, Kubrick was, you know, I mean, I, I mean, it's almost pointless to even compare them really because they're doing two yeah. different things. Exactly. But I would say, like working within his own field, Kubrick was operating at a higher level. As successful as Stephen King and, and prolific as Stephen King was, Kubrick has made eleven uh, films. Stephen King has written eleven books this morning. You know, yeah, but I know. So it's like, that, so, 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 so you can't even compare. Like, like Kubrick is so much more fucking like precious, and he's like, he's like, you know, he made eleven films his whole career. It's like that's not a lot of movies. Stephen King is cranking out novel. I have a huge respect for Stephen King. But it's, I, I, yeah, but quality. I mean, quantity and quality are, you know, there's. I'd, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'd, I'd, they're, they're, you know, just because you're you're making a lot of it doesn't doesn't mean any any of it's any good. No. Yeah. No. Obviously. Yeah. So, I know. I know. I'm. I'm. I'm I know. I'm probably. You know. Uh, but yeah. Q, I think Kubrick took the source material, made it conform to his own. He he adapted it made it into a film which was very much a film and operated yeah, absolutely. in its in it in its own way as a own film logic, yeah, disregarded totally. a lot of things that the author thought was important to the story it, it he he eclipsed the book um totally whereas maybe maybe if the watchman had somebody more like that they could maybe they could have adapted the book into something but to get it so i mean what is the point of trying to copy the book and to make it into a film i mean yeah it's dollars and cents unfortunately i think that's really that's really the point um which just yeah sucks for people like us who watch films 
for different reasons. Uh, one thing to we we can't. I'd be I'd be uh, pissed off if we didn't touch on is Viva Vendetta, and obviously that was adapted as well. And people really love Viva Vendetta, and the absolute irony of people buying V masks from shops. You know, going to a, a, a shop and paying ten ninety nine for a fucking Guy Fawkes mask, and not not going. Well, I mean, that's too that's too much. I can't really do that. But no, that's they're selling V masks like hotcakes, and it's become the symbol for Anonymous, which I think Alan Moore actually quite likes. That he's not he's he doesn't. I mean, it's like yeah, cool, whatever. You take my take V for Vendetta yeah. and run with but, it. Uh... But they changed the ending again in that film. Like, I, 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 what's, I just, yeah. what, what is it so hard about Alan Moore's books that people have, like, they can't follow through with them and yeah, do, they just got the, fuck the ending and do the actual yeah. ending, proper ending. They, yeah, so, yeah, again, it's kind of a very similar problem mm. with that film is where they're, they're following it. They're following it. I feel like that was um, very... It was that film was tipping its hat a lot to 1984 as well. I mean, they even Definitely. got John Hurt mm-hmm. as the mate, like the main, mm-hmm. the big bad in the in the, um in Viva Vendetta. Obviously, John Hurt appeared in the you know the adaptation yeah. of 1984, and I couldn't help but feel that that wasn't a coincidence. I um, think you're definitely right. Yeah. Uh, so. I don't know. They did. It didn't. Yeah. That's another film. It messed with the chron. It messed with the chrono. chronology of the book um and yeah it just to make it more pleasing to a film to the film format uh to make make it it to make it to fit into the three act structure basically make it conform to the three act structure and yeah they don't follow they don't follow it doesn't follow through at all Again, again with that film all they do is throw in like this tasty act- action sequence at the end where he's just like all <laughs> yeah, these people exactly. like shooting at him yeah. and he, he goes around like f- just kills them all with knives yeah in like this off. slow slow motion kind of matrix fashion because yeah. it was the matrix the people who did the matrix made that film didn't they and it just they, the at that point if you kind of just trying to trace it where the book is the book that's like three quarters the, the way through the book and the book just keeps going and going and going Mm. And it's much more a uh, satisfying ending that you get in the book yeah. as well, I find. So they adapt it to com- commodify it to to sell badges and posters and merch. Um really. I mean, which is funny cuz this the the like polit- like these books have got such a sh- co- like yeah. a strong political uh, subtext running underneath them and um there's so much kind of there is so much satire and subtle political commentary and all these things and it just Isn't I don't think I don't think the a commercial film is capable of like adapting these themes because the art form itself is what this art form represents within our society and the function that it serves is 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 is, is, is count it's not it's not I mean it's not that the the commercial film isn't there to like subvert mm. and, cha- they sell, they and, and sell deliver challenging ideas yeah. and yeah. and all these things. And if it is saying it's doing that, it probably isn't doing that, or it's doing it in a very shallow way and in a hot, very half baked way because it just it just simply just cannot follow through. Um, so 
maybe that's that's a pro- another reason maybe where where it was uh, again again doomed to failure. Um, yeah, I mean there are uh, yeah there are certain f- mainstream films that I think are, are able to break through that burst through and sneak in a little bit of uh you know depth um well we yeah. talked about robocop which is probably yeah, exactly. one of the best examples you can find of something like that yeah yeah but even uh, you know like there, there are i, I think the coen brothers do it brilliantly um but i also you know it's like films like i mean snowpiercer for example I don't know if you've seen that, but but Snowpiercer yeah, was, was, was yeah. pretty big. I, I mean, it's like that's yeah. all that's all it's about. People liked it. I think. Know? I mean, I know you know. I talk about third acting syndrome a lot, don't I? Yeah. Um, films that suffer from third act syndrome, which basically films that set things up really nicely, but then just don't have it. Like, just basically have a really disappointing third act. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a that's a problem with the third act structure. Um, and and always having having things to have to conform to the third act structure, which, um, you know, uh, films just I don't know. It's film is having a really hard time breaking away from that because we're all, we're so well trained in into watching it. It fits yeah. very neatly within like that time frame of one and a half to three hours, which most films are, mm-hmm. um, and. I think it's yeah, it's very detrimental to some films, uh, and I think films like uh, you know Blade Runner, uh, twenty forty nine, um, is it twenty forty nine? Sorry, mm-hmm. if it, if yeah, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, yeah. But you know the Dennis Villain Villeneuve. Uh, I don't know if sorry, I'm fucking this up. Can't pronounce <laughs> this. Is much but, harder to say know, than twenty forty nine. You know the latest Blade Runner that came out. Not Denis so Villeneuve, ago. I reckon it's Denis yeah. Villeneuve. But I will yeah, with that. Uh, you know, uh, set set things up all really well, but then then just fell flat in the third act. And I think Snowpiercer was was um, another example of that. Sure, but those are those are two films and, uh, that kind of did and hit. Viva Vendetta was and yeah. and watch you know Watchmen, all these things where it's like there's. I don't know. You tried, but you didn't. The, make, maybe you didn't. maybe they're all sort of a bit a bit of a victim of the of of the third the tyranny of the third act structure <laughs> where they have to it has to feel like it has to yeah, maybe, like yeah. it has to feel a certain way at the end you know mm. and all and all these loose ends have to be tied up by a certain point and you know the end it has to end there whereas really it shouldn't really be the ending it should you know this sh- so i don't know mm. Mm. yeah i think that i think you're yeah that's actually quite a, an interesting commonality between all of these um i i actually think personally that the ending to snowpiercer uh is better on a rewatch because thematically it's pretty great the ending to snowpiercer like it, it, it it's just visually and kind of aesthetically it doesn't feel as satisfying but it's like the idea that the the, the, the chris evans finds out that no no you you were supposed to do the revolution we needed to thin out the back of the train there's too many people at the back there so every now and then we stoke the flames a bit you guys come up to the front we kill as many of you as we can and then we thin out the numbers so like the revolution is built in commodified rebellion selling selling v for vendetta masks that's what that's literally the ending of snowpiercer it's oh no no we were just selling you v for vendetta masks you're not actually rebelling (laughs) are you kidding no, no, the rebellion's built into the system. You yeah, fucking yeah, which douche. which is yeah, which yeah, it's kind of clever, but it's not. But it's I mean, 
I don't know. I, is it is it that clever? I mean, yeah, I think it, it is. I think it's. I I don't think. I think that was a perfect really way to end so, that film. Is that really kind of like something that we like? We we're, we're, we're all supposedly shocked by and 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 un, unaware of as an audience or i don't i, I don't well, know i think I you know. and i we're, we're acutely aware of that sort of thing um i think a lot of people are aware of it but i I'm, I'm just saying within the logic of the snowpiercer film you have this crazy premise where mm. okay the whole world is on a train it's like okay so how do you end that without it just being like, okay he gets to the front and he takes control of the train and it's a successful revolution well no the idea of revolution, the idea of cogs moving, a train moving, let's build that in. And the idea of it's circular and the idea that, well, this revolution was built in to the system. You're just part of the cog. And, 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 and by extension, most rebellions, most, uh, this idea of rebelling against the system is part of the system. You know, we have shops that sell you punk clothing. You know, you want to wear studded jean jackets and to say that you don't care about society. Forty nine ninety nine, please. I don't think it's too bad. I mean, yeah, it's not mind blowing, yeah, but it's like it's no, good. It's a good ending. Yeah, that's yeah. I I, I mean, this isn't the Snowpiercer kind of, part. I, I, find, I, I kind of feel like linking it back to Watchmen again. That that was so good. I get that was so good about the ending of in the graphic novel, and that's why it was. It really did tie things up, what the whole book was trying to do nicely. And I think that was fatal for the film, not to have that ending in the mm. same way where, you know, all the, all these characters were really kind of faced with that dilemma at the end and what they all chose to do and how it really kind of like, it was kind of like the moment of truth for like a lot of them and and how it all, how it all kind of like summed up their existence, basically. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, no more, no more place yeah, for people yeah, like Rorschach. Yeah, yeah, and they were, yeah, they were, they were all just like cogs in this machine, where they, it was all planned by mm. this like, like super, super genius who you can't tell if he's gone half mad or not. Um, mm. And um, they all had to basically, like, to be to be as heroic as they possibly could. They basically just all mm. had to go along with it. Yeah. Doesn't actually link with Snowpiercer that well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to Screen Dreams. Join us again next time, where we'll be discussing more themes, dreams, and extremes. <laughs>